say that with her, you're a healer in this place. Provider in this place. Mighty deliverer in this place. Will you say that? Lift one hand to heaven and put one over your heart. And say that over you. And say that over your family. And over this place. One hand to heaven. One over your heart. And just repeat what she's saying over your life. Over your kids. Bring your kids real close to you. Under that covering with you. Bring your kids real close to you. Just begin to repeat what she's saying. Healer in this place. Provider. Mighty deliverer. Healer. You're a healer. You're a healer. Provider. You're the mighty deliverer, Lord of our lives. In our lives, over our lives. Healer, provider. Mighty deliverer. Healer, provider. Mighty deliverer. Over our lives. Over this place. Over our children's children. You're healer. You are provider. And you are mighty deliverer. For every one of us here in the next generation to come. Put Psalms 118 up if you would. Verse 1. Just keep saying you're everything. You are everything. You're my refuge. Amen. That's what the psalmist said. He said, I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. And then he becomes that. Let's read it together. And make it a prayer. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Because his mercy endures forever. The next verse. Let Israel... Say, I'm the Israel of God. Now say, let Israel now say, your mercy endures forever. Say that, Israel. Your mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, I'm Israel. You're Israel. Now say it. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Your mercy endures forever to us, God. Next verse. Let the house of Aaron now say, say this, church. His mercy endures forever. Say that. Your mercy endures forever. Next verse. Let them now that fear the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? I do. Say, those that fear the Lord, your mercy endures forever. Next verse. I called upon the Lord in my distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. Say, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man could do unto me. You got to get that one. Go back to that one. You got to get that one. 
Because what's coming in our America, we got to have this bend in our hearts. The Lord, say it, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Amen? Next verse. The Lord takes my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. That's us today. All nations compassed about me, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compass me about, yeah, they compass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compass me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength. Say that. The Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation, my deliverance. It says my aid, my help. He's become that. How? As you're saying that. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Yeah, praise Him. The Lord, we bless you, God. We'll live and not die. And tell of the works of God. Your name, we destroy our enemies. Whatever that is, His name destroys that for us. Amen? Amen? The psalmist said, I will say of the Lord, you're my refuge. You're my dwelling place. We're going to say that, and then He becomes that. That's the mystery that we don't understand about saying some things. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. Will you say that? She's singing it. I'll say of you, Lord, you're my refuge. Then he becomes that refuge. Joseph, why don't you come on up here as they're still worshiping? Why don't you just get our hearts prepared? Joseph has some things and he told me about the fragments of last week and we want to finish everything out that God gives us. Amen? So, Lord, we're hungry for you. We're hungry for your words. And I'm praying that you grant great grace to your son that he can deliver everything that you put in his heart in the measure that you put it in his heart and that we would have ears to hear eyes to see and heart that understands so release his heart let him impart everything that you gave him and let it be a furthering word in our lives in Jesus name and everyone said amen 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 give God thanks we just praise him Before we get started, I just want to say something to you guys. I mean, there's just some change coming in your guys' lives. It's uh, very noticeable. Uh, whenever Craig was talking about, does anyone want to come up here and testify? I could see you kind of getting, you had that little, you left inside of yourself because you were excited because it's new. Uh, there's some stuff that you've been carrying for a while that obviously you don't have to anymore, and that's amazing. And it's obviously not only affecting your life but it's affecting your entire family's life i mean as you guys came in and sat down there was just a a new life uh with you guys today and just a a renewing uh so it's it's definitely changing your lives and and you know god is gonna see to it that he sees you through and that you get to where he wants you to be Uh, so don't feel like you're behind don't feel like like you've wasted your time or like your whole life has kind of gone around He's going to redeem and restore that time, and he's going to see to it that he sees you to your destiny in him. So I just want to encourage you with that. Uh, I could see that that joy inside of you that, I mean, you were kind of nervous, but you were excited, like, here we go. Like That's what God feels for you guys, too. He's excited 
for you guys because you're coming in. So he feels the same way towards you. It's new. He's like excited because he, he desires to be with you guys as well. So just wanted to encourage you with that. Like Craig said, I'm, I'm going to just try to kind of pick up some fragments from last week. Uh, we kind of have been picking up fragments a little here and there in the Tuesday night class with the uh, young adults. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have a direction and then sometimes we just wait and then we just kind of go back to what was talked about corporately. And uh, it was very encouraging, obviously, to see Anna Marie in here doing her part uh, the last couple of weeks and then obviously bringing a word uh, if that doesn't encourage you, I don't know what can. And not only was I encouraged, but I was also had some conviction as well. Uh, because if she can do it, then we all can do it. You know, uh, she's she's setting a major example for how we should live uh, when we go through trials, when we go through things that God uh, tests us with, when we're proving of our faith, and we go through these things that. That we can't just hit the escape button. You know, we can't just say, I want to check out on this one, God. This one doesn't really sound very good to me. It's not her choice, but she's persevering and she's pressing through it. And it's encouraging. And at the same time, you know, last week I got a little conviction and said, you know what? Hey, there are some things that I am doing, but hey, let's step it up another notch because, I mean, if she can do it, so everybody can. If she can show up every Sunday, then we need to show up every Sunday. If she can do her part, then we got to do ours too, you know. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Take it for how you want, you know. Uh, but just wanted to share that as well. Just do your part. Uh, she talked about Philippians uh, 1, starting in 19. And I'm gonna, that's where I'm going to start. And I'm actually going to read further down through 25 because I kept reading that. I went back to my notes and I read through it and there was a lot of stuff in there. And like I said, this is kind of where we're... We were. That's what we were doing in our adults class last Tuesday. So uh, that's kind of where I want to go. And I'm in the Amplified. For I'm well assured and indeed know that through your prayers and a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, this will turn out for my perseverance. Okay. There's two things I see there. Number one, it says through your prayers. That's one part, and then the second part, and a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So there's two parts, okay? Number one, she she was vocal about that. She was saying, you know what, thank you for your prayers. We, we rely on those things. We need those. Uh, so there's two pieces there. Number one, we do our part, and we pray on, on her behalf, uh, not just for her situation, but anybody's situation. Um, you know, I, I always refer to her as an example because it's relevant. It's right now, but everybody's got stuff that's, that, that we're going through. But so, like I said, it's not just for her. It's for everybody. So as you're going through your day, when you wake up, ask God, you know, what's my part? Uh, who, who put on your heart who I need to be praying for? I mean, there's some obvious stuff here, but he, he'll also impress upon you other people that are going through some stuff. He may give you a thought or an impression of, of a family or a, a somebody here that says, hey, let's pray for these people because they're either lost or they're out here or they're hurting or anything. And we just pray. You know, that's, that's what we do. So there's two parts, through your prayers and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We rely on that power through His Spirit. I guarantee you there's probably days when Anna Marie doesn't feel like getting out of bed. And then there's days when she does uh, and she's relying on that power. Okay, she's she's exerting and she's uh, using her faith to say, hey, uh, this is either real or it's not. And I'm going to walk in it and do what I need to do. Okay, that this will turn out for my perseverance, for the spiritual health and welfare of my soul, of my own soul, and 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 avail toward the saving work of the gospel. Twenty. This is the keeping uh, with my own eager desire and persistent expectation and hope that I shall not disgrace myself nor be put to shame in anything but that with the utmost freedom of speech and unfailing courage, now as always here too, or here too of, Christ, the Messiah, will be magnified and get glory and praise in this body of mine and be boldly exalted in my person, whether through by life or through death. So we have to take that attitude of saying, you know what, God's going to be glorified no matter what. Okay, In this life, while we're here on this earth, um, or death. Okay, And I don't want to get super religious and say, well, we're believing for healing, and by God, if that means the ultimate healing of going to heaven, healing is for right now, restoration is for right now, we need to be believing for those things here, because we're here on this earth to make an impact, 
and to function in the body of Christ. Now, once we're finished with that here, obviously there's no need, there's no suffering, there's no pain, there's no sickness or disease in heaven. Okay, that's, but we're not there yet, okay? We're here right now, and until then, okay, we'll, you know, we won't have to worry about that there. But, like I was saying, God needs to be exalted in this life, okay, in this body. And we need to go and just say, hey, no matter what's going on, no matter our circumstance, we've got to fight here or until the end, okay? I could, I could, you know, I don't think it's any more courageous than reading stories of Marines or, or any kind of Navy SEALs where they're pinned up in a battle and they just fight to the death. They don't give up. They don't check out. They don't jump off of a cliff because it's easier. They don't turn the gun to themselves. They just fight it out. They're going to fight it out until they run out of ammunition. When they run out of ammunition, they got a knife. They're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to use their fists. There's, that's what they do. And we need to have that same mentality when we're attacking whatever we're going through, whether it's sickness, uh, whether it's financial issues, whether it's breaking issues of, of any kind of bondage that we've been carrying for years. Uh, we need to persevere and press through those things and, and fight them to the death. Um, you know, Sin is such a thing that can hold us back. Uh, but if we constantly persevere and we're constantly always achieving to get rid of those things, we're going to get there. There's no doubt. Uh, but when we use that as an excuse and we just lay in our sins and we never deal with it, that's two totally different things, okay? 21 says, For me to live is Christ, his life in me, and to die is gain, the gain of the glory of eternity. That's our ultimate goal is to be with Christ. Our ultimate goal is to be with Christ in heaven we're all going to be there as far as one day, you know, we won't be on this earth, you know. So it's easy to say, well, you know, maybe we should just check out and just kind of leave and do our thing. But like I said, that's our ultimate goal, but we're going to get there. We're not, you know, uh, we're not just going to choose and just say, okay, today I'm going to give up and let's just do that. We've got to persevere. Uh, if, however, it is to be life in the flesh and I am to live on here as far as in the earth, that means fruitful, fruitful service for me. So I can say nothing as to my personal preference. I cannot choose. So basically, as long as I'm here, I'm going to do fruitful service. I'm going to make an impact. I'm going to do my part. I'm not just going to roam around and just kind of go through the motions. Or It'd be easy for Anna Marie to say, well, how come everybody's not feeling sorry for me? I'm, I'm, I'm going through some stuff here. You know, this is some serious stuff. I'm tired. I'm not feeling good. I'm just going to kind of do my own thing and just wait for people to help me out or wait for, uh, just not do my part, in other words. So she's not using that as an excuse. Okay, so we shouldn't either, all right? Um, I looked up the uh, the Greek and as far as fruitful service. And service, um, the, the meaning is diakonia, diakonia, service or ministry. Uh, basically, uh, the enunciation the there, how you pronounce it, is dia. Uh, diaconia, and uh, it's basically a service or a ministry. Uh, I found a cognate uh, definition, and basically it's a ministry, active service done with willing and voluntary attitude. So in that scripture, 22, you want to read that again? Okay. Basically it says uh, ministry, active service done with willing and voluntary attitude. Okay, so let's go back to what it says. If, however, it is to be life in the flesh, and I am to live on here, that means fruitful service. So I have to volunteer while I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do. It's a voluntary thing. Like I need to take that initiative and say, you know what, I'm here. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be active in the body. I'm, gonna, I'm not just going to lay around and just feel sorry for myself or uh, be passive about it. Okay. The second part of that is uh, for the believer... Diakonia or ministry specifically refers to a spirit-empowered service guided by faith, the Lord's in-birth persuasion. So it's already birthed in us, okay? But once we realize it and it clicks, then it's like it's more like uh, it's inside of us already. So it's natural. Uh, once once we accept Christ, we're a new creation. Those things come out of us naturally. Uh, so, like I said, it's done with a voluntary attitude uh check your hearts on when you do things when you wake up and go to work every day when you get up and you ask god what i need to do as far as when you're praying what is your attitude is it voluntary or is it 
obligation or is it like, I don't really want to do this. Why do we got to do this all the time? How come every time we got to go to church? How come we got to go do this? How come every time at 7 o'clock on Saturdays we got to come up here and do prayer? What is your attitude? I'm serious. I mean, what's your attitude? I mean, it can get to where we get so selfish and we get so caught up in ourselves that we feel like, I don't have time for that. I don't have, I don't have the resources or I just want to do my own thing. And that's, it's a very selfish attitude and we need to check ourselves of that. Um, 23 says, but I am hard-pressed between the two. I mean, basically, it'd be easy to just check out and say, hey, let's go be with Christ for eternity or stay here. And uh, my yearning desire is to depart, to be free of this world and to set forth and to be with Christ, for that is far, far better. Obviously, like I said, that's our goal at at some point in time. Um, But to remain in my body is more needful and essential for your sake. Okay, so we are here on this earth for each other. We're here to help each other out. We're here to see each other and help each other get to that destiny, get to that uh, part or that portion of where Christ has placed us, uh, uh, placed us in as far as doing our part in the body of Christ. So we have to help each other out and work with each other. Um, so I might be struggling with something or I might be dealing with something that say Craig or Jimmy or Arthur or any one of you could come to me and help me out with if you don't have an issue in that area. And that's going to help further me in the kingdom. So we have to do the same thing with each other. Okay, that's what our our goal is. That's what we're supposed to be doing while we're here. Um, Since I am convinced of this, I know that I shall remain and stand by you all to promote your progress. Okay, Anna Marie, uh, in her current situation, is very encouraging to me. And it furthers me to see her doing what she does every day. And like I said before, if it doesn't encourage you, if it doesn't spark something in you, if it hasn't affected you or changed you, open your heart to allow it to do that. Um, Don't be so self-conscious of what's going on in your own life. There's always somebody that's dealing with something that, compared to what I'm dealing with, I got like kindergarten problems. Okay, so... All these things that I'm doing, you should be able to use that as an example to further, like like it says, to promote your progress, our progress in Christ, our relationship with him, the furtherance of the kingdom. Uh, Because once we're all strengthened, once I get strengthened, then I can contribute more. And then I should infect and uh, affect you guys. And then you guys come on board. And the next thing you know, it's progressive. It's perpetual. Things just start moving. Body, your will within a will. We're all just functioning together okay uh so don't look at it as hey you know um i'm just going to do my own thing you know don't be selfish with it uh but like i said um just change your posture change your attitude change uh your heart how you're doing things second corinthians 1 uh 10 through 11 For it is he who rescued and saved us from such a perilous death, and he will still rescue and save us. In and on him we have set our hope, our joyful and confident expectation, that he will again deliver us from danger and destruction and draw us to himself. 11 says, While you also cooperate by your prayers for us, helping and laboring together with us, thus the lips of many persons turned toward God will eventually... Give thanks on our behalf for the grace, the blessing of deliverance granted us at the request the many who have prayed. I want to be able to rejoice with Anna Marie when she is completely healed and restored. And I'm, we're still believing for it. We're seeing fruit of it. But there's going to come a day when she's not dealing with having to travel back and forth for treatments. There's going to come a day when she's going to feel 100% and she's completely healed and and her sickness has been removed completely and i want to we're all going to rejoice in that but i want to rejoice in it also because we all played a part in that restoration okay with those prayers with doing our part with sacrificing our own lives and dedicating a portion of ourselves to aid her in that in in all of you for what in what you're doing like i said I'm, i'm using her as an example because it's relevant it's going on um I want to be a part of that like a teammate. Like when we win a championship, I want to say, hey, I had a part in that championship. I may not be the superstar or I may not be the one that hikes the ball as far as takes the ball every play, 
I may be the guy on the sideline that coordinates things or, or helps uh, with certain things, but we all play a part. And then when we win, it's a joint effort. When Anna Marie wins, we're all going to win, okay? The, the word says when one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. I want to rejoice with her because, and I want to reflect back on what it took, number one, that sh- what she did, but what we all did to help with that instead of saying, man, that would have been really cool if we could have done that. Or sitting on the side going, man, I wish we would have taken more of an effort or done more of a deal when we knew we were supposed to. Okay, so like I said, this, this really spoke to me because no matter what everybody's going through, we, we need to be a part of it. We need to be together and join together as a team and uh, just see the progression of it. Uh, there's many things that Sarah and I have gone through in our, in our, our lives that we reflect on and we look back on and we go, man, that was really cool how people were obedient to Christ and they stepped in and did their part and how it helped us further and get to where we needed to be to transition to the other side of our trial or where we were being tested of our faith. And I want to be able to be a part of that too. I want to be able to, for even for Anna Marie's sake or any of your sake that you're going through, just, just say, you know what? Those guys at Ecclesia really did their part. How amazing is it to be joined with that body that they're willing to lay their lives down for us in our time of need? And that that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. That's you know that's body life. That's what we're supposed to do. We're we're supposed to lay ourselves and our lives down for others. Okay. So like I've said, I want to be able to rejoice, and I can't wait. And we look forward to that day, and we're still believing for it. We're seeing fruit of it, and I'm excited because. It's just going to be an amazing time. There's going to be some things that she's going to be able, and she already is doing, that affects people. I was affected by last week's word. I was affected by her willingness to show up and just bunker down and get through those things. I mean, I guarantee you, once she left here, she may not have felt 100%, but she did it. She did it, and, and that's the same way with us. We're going to go through things. We're going to be tested by stuff, but when we get through it and we persevere, God will infuse, infuse us. And then when we're infused here corporately and we leave, it may not always feel like this, like the strength that we have immediately, but we reflect on it and we go back to it and we use it to get us to that next time, okay? Galatians 6, uh, we talked about this like several weeks ago in our Tuesday class. We kind of just started talking about Galatians 6 and then it was uh, brought up in corporate body, uh, Let me open it up so I can read it to you. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin or any sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit, should set him right and restore and uh, reinstate him without any sense of superiority. And with all the gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on yourselves, lest you uh, should be tempted also. Bear and endure and carry one another's burdens and troublesome moral faults and in this way fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ, the Messiah, and complete what is lacking in your obedience to it. So we have to carry one another's burdens, okay? That, that Sunday when Sharon felt moved to tell everybody to go against the wall and stand, and it was a similitude, and we were doing something, but we were carrying someone's burden, okay? And some were willing, and some were kind of like, why are we doing this? This is kind of silly. You could tell, and... As I'm, I'm an observant person, you know, I, I do. I mean, I, I can see somebody and I go, okay, or sometimes Sarah goes, why are you being so nosy? I'm just observant. I mean, that's my excuse, I guess. But some people, Sharon said, hey, let's go against the wall, and everybody said, okay. And some people are like, why are we doing this? This is kind of silly. Well, we were showing, like I said, it was a similitude of what we were doing. We were carrying someone's burden. That's our duty. That's our... Um, this is what we're supposed to do. And, and basically, without any sense of superiority, who are we? We're not anybody more important than one or the other. Who are we to say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. That's not cool. I'm not going to do that. I don't really feel like it. Like, who are we? We're going to have the same kind of problems. We're going to go through something sometime. And I guarantee you when we do, we're going to be calling for help. I guarantee you when, when things get kind of sour, when we start uh, testing our faith and we're having to go and persevere through things, I'm going to want some help. I'm going to want somebody to lean on. I'm going to be able to want, I want somebody that can, I can depend on and say, hey, I did it for you. 
not like a, hey, I did it for you, favor. It's just the body of Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing versus going like we feel like we're out on our own. You know, uh, there was a lot going on and still is. Arthur had issues with family. Jimmy and Beth had issues with family. Craig and Anna have issues. There are elders. They're like our leaders. And what are we doing to help that? What were we doing? And there was times probably where we checked out. I guarantee you there were. There were times when we said, this is probably a little too difficult for us. They're always doing stuff for us. It's a little too hard. And then there was times where we stepped up to the plate and said, hey, we're going to do our part. We're going to help out. Uh, but what I'm saying is that at some point in time, we're going to be in that same position where we're going to have to rely on the body to help kind of keep us together for a little while to move forward. Uh, so, you know, don't feel like you're too important. Don't feel like you're too superior to do those things because that, that's a scary thought to feel like you're too high or too important to do what we're called to do. Uh, so that's kind of kind of something to just check your heart on. Like I said, bear and carry one another's burdens. And then also, like I said, keep an eye on yourself. That part in one six one where it says, keeping an attentive eye on yourself lest you be tempted also. I use this example in the class. Have you ever tried to help somebody with an issue and then you find yourself sometimes being tempted in that same issue? Like Sometimes like you can talk about whether it's lust or any kind of infidelity or something like that, and you start talking about it and you hammer it out, and then the next thing you know, someone comes walking up to you like, hey, what's going on? Like, and you're confronted. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I'm just saying there's been times even in my own life, a co-worker say, and then you're trying to help them with marital issues, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, what are you doing today? You want to go eat lunch? No. That's not how it works. Okay, so I'm just saying just watch an eye for yourself. If you've got issues in a certain area, you probably shouldn't be trying to help them. It's almost like saying, hey, I have an issue with alcoholism. I'm going over to my buddy's party because I'm going to help them get freed of alcohol. It doesn't make sense. You're getting put in a position where you're going to fail. So you shouldn't go in there and do that. It just doesn't make sense. Okay. Now, once you've been delivered and set free, go get after it. I can attest in spring, this next spring coming up, It'll be three years since I've had any kind of form of alcohol in my body. And I, I'm, I'm excited because it's cool. Like, I don't need it. We have a great time. We fellowship. We don't need that extra stuff that comes along with all that. I'm not saying it's wrong to do those things. The, the word says all things are permissible, but is it profitable? And I made a choice not to do it. Sarah made a choice not to do it. We didn't feel obligated into it. We just That's just kind of where we were. So like I said, this spring be three years for, for me. I can go into that place and start talking to people about Christ and start saying, hey, man, you got a problem? You think there's something we can help you with? Because I just don't have those issues anymore. Okay, so that's just an example. So. Okay, um, like I said, it's important that we bear one another's burdens. Looked up burden in the Greek and... Uh, the Greek word is fortune, uh, P-H-O-R-T-I-O-N. Properly, a burden which must be carried by the individual. Something personal and hence is not transferable. It cannot be shifted to someone else. In other words, I can't take on Anna Marie's situation as far as her health condition. I can't say, okay, God, transfer that out of her body and into mine. I'm going to carry this. It, you, she has to go through this. As far as inside of her, like this definition says, it must be carried by the individual. It, I mean, it has to be carried by her. Now, we're going to assist and we're going to help to make things better for her, but she has to be the one that ultimately carries that. The stuff that I'm dealing with inside of me, I can't sit there and say, okay, Craig, you deal with those. i got to deal with those. i got to answer those things and let God work those out of me. But it doesn't mean I can't get help with it. Okay, it doesn't mean that I can't rely on the body of Christ to assist me in, um, you know, like if I'm struggling or if I feel weak in an area, I don't have to do it alone. Now, I'm going to work on those things and it's going to be delivered out of me, but I can do it with some help. Like I said, this definition, I'll read it again. A burden which must be carried by the individual, something as personal and hence is not transferable. The sin and stuff that I'm dealing with in my life. 
I can't give it to Craig and say, you deal with it, and when you finish and you wrap it up, get it back to me. It's not like a report or some kind of a job deal. Like I said, Anne-Marie hasn't chosen this path, but she's going to persevere and get through it. We need to do our part to help and and help her get through it, persevere through it. Uh, same thing with everybody's situations. It's Like I said, I'm just using that as an example. Like I said, it cannot be shifted to somebody else. I can't. Whatever I'm dealing with, whether it's unbelief, self-doubt, self-doubt, um, you know, self, you know, my confidence levels, uh, I have to deal with those things. Um, and I'll share some more stuff with with myself later on, but uh, I'm learning some stuff as I go every day with with what we're doing right now too. Uh, like I said, uh, Romans 15:8 says, "I dare not speak what's wrought in me." Like. Anna Marie's going to be able to speak to people about these certain things because it's raw in her. She's been dealing with these things. She's been going to battle. Those things are going to be infused inside of her to carry those things on to help other people while she's here on this earth. And there's going to be some things that she's done that are, are going to affect people. If she goes up to speak to people, she's going to have more effect in that area than I would because I, I haven't gone through those things that she's gone through. So those things that are raw inside of me Inside of you, inside of you, everybody's circumstances are different, and there's things that you've dealt with and that you've been dealing with for a while that have been eliminated that you're going to have more power behind it because you went through it. I always like leaning on people that have experience through things, like what's your experience behind this? What? Well, when I did it, and then it always, I take that because it's experience. They've gone through it. I can't take that advice from somebody that's never even thought about it. Like, well... If it was me, I probably would have done this. Well, you've never been in that position, so I can't take that. I can't take that from you. It's it's no different than it's just a there's no weight behind it. So I just kind of flush that down the toilet and to say see you later. Okay, Um, so that's just kind of wrapping up what Anna Marie had talked about as far as um, you know those first two passages that we talked about. And Tris came up and he was talking about three things that he really is kind of just leaning on right now in his relationship with Christ, his walk and his stuff. And the three things that he basically said were, you know, number one, find the will of God. Okay. Uh, number two, love your neighbor and then enjoy the day. And I'm going to kind of expand on that right now. Uh, the will of God. Let's go to First Thessalonians uh, 5.18. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstance may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ, the revealer and mediator of that will. Okay? So in all things, we need to give thanks. Uh, You know, I guarantee you we don't want to all the time. I guarantee you there's days when we could get angry or upset. It's real easy to turn things and just say, God, why did you do this to me? I have a buddy that I don't talk to regularly, but when we do meet up, He's still angry about things that happened to him seven years ago. He goes, I'm still mad at the world. I'm still mad at God. And I'm like, that's seven years ago. Get over it. Like, grow up, man. Quit being the little baby. In all things, give thanks. No matter the circumstance, no matter how you feel, no matter the perception, no matter what doctors say, no matter what the report might be as far as what you see, in all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God. Uh... For you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Jesus Christ, God, is the mediator. He's, he's in between you, your will, and as far as your destiny in him. Like he, He's seeing to it that you're, you're going to find your way. He's going to make sure you get to that end, to that point B, as far as from point A to point B. He's in between, and he's going to make sure we get there. Uh, so he's the mediator. He's playing mediator there of that will. Okay? Um, so, like I said, be thankful in everything. Romans 12, 2. Uh, Craig sometimes says, man, this scripture is more powerful than what you read on your Hallmark card or whatever. But you, there's people water down stuff. We hear it over and over, and, and they uh, kind of get religious with things, and it gets watered down. But basically it says, do not be conformed to this world or this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed and changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, 
even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So we have to guard ourselves. We have to be transformed to and not be conformed to the world. It's real easy to let things start influencing us where we think it's acceptable. Uh, I can remember when my grandmother was sick. She had cancer and she had tumors in her brain. She had a, a lot of serious stuff going on. And I said, well, this is just life. That's just part of life. She was dealt a, a bad straw, and she's going to die, and that's just part of it. And I can remember it took me years before I didn't even see it, and I, and I had to repent and say, you know what? That's not acceptable. It's not the norm for people to die of sickness and disease. It's not normal for people to suffer as far as physically until they die. Christ wants to restore and redeem us and make us whole and well, and we function 100% while we're here on the earth. And for me to be conformed of this world and just say that's normal, that's wrong. Uh, it's no different than anything else as far as moral values or anything like that, what you see on television that, that uh, infiltrates our, our, uh, how we should view things. It's either life or death, okay? And we need to discern those things and not allow those things to penetrate our hearts and affect our families and our uh, lives, uh, so, like I said, you know, that's a pretty wrong. That's a wrong way to look at things. When my grandmother got sick, I just said, "It's just part of life." She didn't deserve it. She didn't ask for it. Uh, but at the same time, it shouldn't be acceptable that people should die of sickness and disease in that way. So we should fight and contend for those things, instead of just being passive and saying, "Well, that's just how it goes," and it's it's not right. It's not correct. Um, so, like I said, find the will of God. Um, number, let's go Hebrews thirteen twenty through 21. Now, may the God of peace, who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood um, that sealed and ratified this everlasting agreement, strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you will carry out his will. Not my will, his will. Okay? While he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing to his side through Jesus Christ the Messiah. So I'm going to read 21 again because it speaks a lot. Strengthen, complete, perfect, and make what, uh, you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will. So he's not only is he going to equip me he's going to give me every tool that i need to be successful in him but i'm going to find his will okay there's so many of us that go what am i to do god what do you have for me right now what's your calling for me right now what am i supposed to be doing uh where do you need me to go just getting his will right here he's going to give us the tools he's going to strengthen us he's going to give you everything we need to carry out his will and last time i checked we need to be preaching the gospel going out reaching people Speaking to the lost, healing the sick, I can do that anywhere. I shouldn't have this this mystical place out here like, oh, man, I'm supposed to be in this huge city. I'm supposed to be over here in Dallas shaking and moving and making things happen. The same needs that are in Dallas are in Crane, Texas. There's people in Crane, Texas that have a de- uh, with dealings with whether it's substance abuse, sexual abuse, uh, anything, uh, drugs, alcohol, um, whether you feel terrible as far as you're always depressed, there's a lot of depression. There's a lot of stuff, sickness, disease. I can make an effect here, and I need to make that effect here. You know, if, if, I, if I feel like even one day I might leave this place as far as uh, location, would it make any sense to wait for that day to come without doing anything? I need to do what I'm supposed to do here and now and use the tools that I have here and now uh, if, they, if, if I am called or God says, hey, it's time to leave, then okay. But why would you wait five years? Because you may be, we may, I may be here forever. We all may be here 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And if we're waiting for that one day like we might go somewhere else, I'll waste my whole life. I won't make an impact. I won't make an effect. And I'll have to answer to that one day. So I would rather just say, hey, I don't know where we're going to be. I don't know if we're going to move one day. But until then, let's make an impact where we're at. Let's make an impact with what we have. And like this scripture says, he's going to give us everything uh, good that you may carry out his will. Okay? And while he himself works in you and accomplishes that, which is pleasing in his sight, 
I want to be pleasing in his sight. I want him to be able to put those things in me and, and I just be directed by him. I just want to be in the will of God and I just want to do my part, okay? It may not be like this grand part that I have maybe in my mind, okay? But you're in the will of God. Everybody has a part to do. Everybody's perception of what their part to do may be different, but if we can buy into that, how much, not necessarily easier, but how less burdensome is that? Like, we don't have to carry that burden of, man, what am I supposed to do? God's calling me to do some big things. When's my next big thing going to happen? It's right in front of your face, and you're not even doing nothing with it. So, like I said, I want to be strengthened by him. I want to be in his will. I want him to equip me with the tools to be successful for what he wants me to do and not my perception of what I want to do. So find that, uh, like I said, get in his will. Um, number First uh, John two sixteen. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, and the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance in one's resources, or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. And the world passes away and disappears, and with it the forbidden cravings, the passionate desires, the lust of it. This world's going to go away, and everything that we've desired, everything we put our time and resources into trying to pursue or go after, they're going to die with it. And so uh, the second part of that uh, says, But he who does the will of God and carries out his purposes in his life abides and remains forever i want to do things that impact things for eternity i don't want you know there's some things that we're going to do but don't get caught up in pursuing and feeding our flesh and going after worldly things because those things are just going to be washed away and, and won't remain put your time your resources your efforts into eternal things things that we're going to make an impact forever. I want to be able to have a lasting effect on people for eternity and and us be able to share that with each other in eternity versus not even remembering anything that we wasted so much time and resources pursuing on the earth that were meaningless. We get so caught up in, in the world. We get so caught up in our jobs, promotion, um, Money, as far as getting paid more money, um, bigger houses, more cars, uh, personal time, that those things are irrelevant. They're foolish. Uh, You know, God's going to see to it that all of our needs are provided as long as we're doing what he's asked us to do. Uh, So all those things really, why waste our resources on pursuing those things and trying to store those up when they're going to get washed away as far as fade away? So I want to leave a lasting impression, a legacy for my family. Uh, But I want those things to be eternal to where if I do die and I'm gone, I have put some stuff inside of my children that they can use to put inside of their children and to put inside of their children. uh, Versus, because once I'm gone, I'm out of here, you know. I was telling this in the class the other day, I'm not going to be coming back and visiting people. Sarah, remember that time when we had this conversation? It doesn't work that way. Once I'm out of my body, I'm with Christ, okay? And there's no in-between stuff, no Long Island medium garbage crap or whatever you want to talk about the TV shows. Um, So basically, like I said, I want to leave a lasting impression. I want to put that inside my wife. I want to put that inside my children. And then that way, when I'm gone, I can hold my head up and say, hey, we did our part, and let's go enjoy the rest. So... Like I said, just just the the will of God remains forever. Let's stay in the will of God. John six uh, thirty eight through forty. Uh, let me go to that real quick. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me that I should not lose any of all that has give, uh, He has given me, uh, but that I should give new life and raise them all up the last day for this is my father's will and his purpose that everyone who sees the son and believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on him should have eternal life and i will raise him up from the dead at the last day so even christ coming down to the earth 
he was doing the will of the Father up until the last day. So if we were supposed to be Christ-like, we need to have that same mentality. And, you know, even though Christ, even at certain times, it was hard for him as far as the whole why have you forsaken me type of thing. Like, that was a real stuff. He died for mankind. And he had to take the posture of saying, this is God's will. This is why I've been here. I need to do it. And we, we just have to have the same posture. If, if we are supposed to be, like I said, representing Christ, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, so no better example than that right there. Um, let me see. Uh, John fifteen thirteen. No one has greater love. No one has shown stronger or affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. We need to have that posture of laying our own lives down for each other. Uh, this whole self-life can just get us wrapped up in things and it just takes away from what we're supposed to do. Uh, but we need to lay our lives down for each other. I need to lay my life down and what I think I should be for Christ, uh, for, for the body, and even for my family. I can't be putting my family through pipe dreams and these crazy ideas and put them through these things that they shouldn't have to go through because I have these crazy ideas of what I should be doing. I need to lay my life down so I can provide for them and raise them up in a manner to where they can be successful, they can succeed in Christ and have a foundation for them to when they leave, they're ready to do their part and can function without me as far as a father because eventually they'll be old enough to where they need to go out on their own. Uh, so I need to lay those things down. We need to lay our lives down for uh, for that purpose. Uh, love your neighbor, uh, Matthew twenty two thirty six. Teacher, which is which kind of commandment is great and important? The principal kind in the law. Some commandments are light, which are heavy. And he replied to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's rule number one. Very simple, very easily to understand. This is the great, most important principle in first commandment. So number one, love the Lord your God. Second, you should always love your neighbor as yourself. If I take that posture, and like I said, Tris just gave us a brief thing. If I take that posture of loving my neighbor as myself, well, if I love myself, I, take, I should take care of myself. It's, it's a human nature for self-preservation as far as preservation. I should have that same posture towards you because if I should love my neighbor as myself, if you're in need or if you have issues or if you have something that, that you need to deal with, I should be there right there with you. I shouldn't just walk past you and bypass you. I should love you as myself. Do I bypass myself? No. I mean, I take care of myself as far as if I have a need, I'm going to see to it that I figure out how to fix it. So I should have that same posture towards you and everybody for that matter. Whether it's people in our body or people on the streets, love your neighbor as yourself. It's very self-explanatory. So, um, Those are two very important uh, rules that we need to follow. Uh, enjoy the day. Like I said, I don't want to touch on that a whole lot, that, like too much. It's, like I said, it's pretty self-explanatory. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Ecclesiastes 5.18, enjoy the day. Uh, Behold, what I have seen uh, to be good and fitting is for one to eat and drink and be, to find enjoyment in all the labor in which he labors under the sun all the days which God has given, uh, God gives him. For this is his allotted part. So God has given us some things. He, number one, you know, it says, we say, uh, the word says, teach us to number our days. We need to be impactful. We need to have, uh, but we've been allotted time. We've been allotted uh, a sphere of influence. So we need to enjoy ourselves in that instead of always going, well, how come I don't have that? Or how come I can't do what this person does in the body? Or how come these guys get to do all the cool stuff and I'm sitting here feeling like I'm over here? Everybody plays a part. God sees to it he puts us in the place where he sees fit so all of our parts all of our functioning in the body of christ has been assigned by by him so we shouldn't be complaining we shouldn't have a deal where well how come he gets to do this and how come he gets to do that how come they get to do these cool things or i really wish i could do that i mean i bet you i could do a better job anyways it's not for us to decide we've been placed in the body by how he sees fit so let's just enjoy where where we've been placed Let's function in it 100%. Let's enjoy it because that's where, that's where God has said, you're going to be the best at this if we put you in this position. That's a cool thing. When I was in college, I played a little bit of baseball. We would have meetings with our coaches at the end of the season, and they would evaluate us. 
and our coach would say, hey, based off of your performance this last season or during fall, we feel like you're best if we put you in this position. What better place to say the person that knows better, they've had more experience, Jesus Christ, our Lord God, our creator, says, I have made you for this. You're going to function in this 100%, and I'm going to place you there. I would rather be placed than try to find my own way. What if I told my coach, no, I need to be batting cleanup, and I need to play center field. <laughs> I don't have that kind of capability. I can't hit home runs, and I can't, I'm not very fast. So that's not going to happen. I don't make my own rules. So anyways, he's going to place us. Let's enjoy where we've been placed because if we don't enjoy it, we won't function 100% in it. it. It can be a painful process to be bitter and upset. and Just enjoy it, man. Just live it up. Um, Matthew 6:28, uh, and I'm almost wrapping it up. We'll get out of here pretty quick. Uh, why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his magni- uh, magnificence, excellence, dignity, and grace was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so cl- uh, clothes the grass on, of the field, which today is alive and green and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace... Will he not much more surely clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry about and be anxious, uh, saying, What are we going to have to eat, or what are we going to have to drink, or what are we going to have to wear? Uh, basically, he's saying that you know unbelievers believe that way. Uh, you know, if God can provide for the birds in the air, uh, the lilies in the field. The grass grows, it dies just as fast as it grows, it's dead and it's gone. Okay, that's almost how we should treat our lives. We're just a small, we're here for a small fragment. This is just a mere vapor of of eternity. Uh, So don't get so wrapped up in those things, number one. But he's going to see to it that we're provided for. Uh, You know, Sarah and I, we're kind of doing our own thing now. We left our our job as far as we had some stuff and we'll share on that later. Uh, we've been six, seven weeks into this thing. All of our bills have been paid. All, you know, all of our we haven't missed. Obviously, I haven't missed any meals. Uh, uh, our lights are on. The fuel in the vehicles are get it's getting filled up. We're living this. I love living this way. It's it's a cool deal. There's days where I stay up because I'm kind of worried and stuff, and I gotta work with that in me. But like, hey, we gotta go to Midland. Sixty bucks in fuel. Hey, I need to go talk to some people. Sixty bucks in fuel. But all of our needs are met. Our, our bills are being paid. Our mortgage is being paid. Our car payments are being paid. So, like I said, that's a testimony to that right there. He's going to see to it that all of our needs are met. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. i got two other things to talk about. 1 Corinthians 9:24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay a hold of the prize and make it yours. Run your race. Anna Maria's running her race. I'm running my race. Carmen, you're running your race. Run your race. God has placed us in a position. He's put us where he sees fit. Run your race. Don't try to run someone else's race for them. Don't pursue somebody else's race. Well, God, how come I'm not in that position? How come I want to pursue those things? Run your race. Uh, win the prize. You know, like I said, but just run your own race. Stay in your lane. Run your race. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, it's liberating to know that. It's liberating to feel that. Like, I don't have to chase after all this other stuff. I just need to stay in my lane and run my race. That's just, that's easy. I mean, not. I don't, I hate saying easy because it's like, oh, easy, like, I can get out of things. It's like, no, it's just, why, why run outside of where he has placed you? It just doesn't make sense. Second Timothy 4, 7. <laughs> I have fought the good, worthy, honorable, and noble fight. I have finished the race. I have kept firmly and held the faith. As for what remains henceforth, there is laid up for me the victor's crown of righteousness. For being right with God and doing right, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me and recompense me on that great day. So I want to be able to say, number one, I ran my race, and number two, I finished my race. 
for for my eternal reward. Like as far as uh, you know, I don't say like, oh, I have all these rewards in heaven. I ran a race that meant something and that had eternal uh, purpose. I don't want to aimlessly, just foolishly run around with no direction and no purpose. I want to say at the end of the day, when my day is done on this earth, that number one, I ran my race, and number two, I finished it. And and then we'll go from there. And I can, I can honestly, I want to be able to honestly say I did everything I could, and and then just move on and enjoy eternity, and just do that. But until then, I can't stress it enough. I'm going to run my race, and I want to make sure that I do what I need to do to finish my race. So that's all I have.